Hello, everyone. I am Paul Wicker. And I'm J.D. Prater. And today's November 1st. Welcome, welcome to November. And these are your top, I think, nine, nine headlines from the week. First up, Google Ads announces new click-to-message ad features and some store visit updates. Actually, Google announced a lot. It was SMX East in New York this past week. Um, and they announced a bunch of stuff. So uh, click. if you don't know, I didn't really know click-to-message ads super well. Um, but essentially you can, they'll add a little like call to action. That's like, Hey, you have questions, start a conversation or text us. And then you can kick off like an SMS engagement with them. And those are, uh, extensions and they charge, you know, they're charged like every other extension where you pay for a click. Um, and then they added some functionality to them. So you could do things like have a message. So if you're like closed, people get a message that makes sense or, you can use email. So if you want the messages not to go to an actual like phone, <laughs> you don't need to add a phone number anymore. You can add an email. <laughs> so a few, few cool things. I don't know. I don't, have you ever used click to message ads? No, uh, we had thought about it a couple of times, but it just never really quite worked out uh, the way that we wanted to uh, with some of our local clients. You know, I had think, you know, a few like lawyers, you know, that kind of stuff and plumbers, but it just never I don't know. We never could get it to kind of work the way we wanted to with the setup and then the automatic replies. So I, I think this is really interesting with, with the email forwarding. I think that's going to be kind of cool where you can, you know, have those delivered via email. So, um, so that way you don't have to like kind of keep track of those. But yeah, I think even in the wild, when I think about my own search behavior, I've never even clicked on one. Uh, I don't even know if I've ever seen one. Maybe I have, but... Uh, yeah, I had to look them up because I, yeah, I hadn't engaged with them either. But, you know, we're also not the text message generation. So maybe kids these days, <laughs> they love their text messages. Uh, they also announced some new metrics you can get, like how many interactions or how many messages back and forth. So if someone does kick that off, you can now see some uh, analytics. Uh, speaking of analytics, they also announced store visits, um, will now are now available to everybody. So store visit data in Google Analytics is now available to everybody. It's out of beta. Um, and basically, you know, it's doing all that creepy offline tracking. So anyone who has an Android and has location history turned on or has, I guess, uh, probably if you're signed up for Google, I'm not sure if Apple lets Google do this, but probably somehow Google gets location history data from everybody. Uh, and it's supposedly anonymized. And then you can see that data in uh, Google Analytics so you can see store visits if you're running you know, campaigns trying to drive people in store. So big announcements from Google. That one was crazy because they coupled that with, um, in August they measured more than 10 billion store visits from ads. 10 billion. I was like, wow, that's, <laughs> that's really impressive. Yeah, it's crazy they actually already have the data. So it's like, you know, you, you would think, oh, I got to set up this big thing to track. But no, I mean, Google's been tracking all of us for years. So they actually already know where everybody's going. This is just connecting. Have, have you been exposed to an ad? And have you then walked into a store? And they could even measure like, you know, maybe you walk into the same Starbucks every day. So they could see, see that. And then they're like, okay, now we showed them an ad for a Pete's coffee. And now they walked in Pete's for the first time. So pretty crazy what you can do if you have good location data. So if you're, uh, you know, a location-based business, it's pretty exciting stuff for you. I, th I think that's all the Google we have. It's a short Google week. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot though. I mean, there's a lot to unpack there, but yeah, I think, I think that's it. Uh, maybe I'll go to Bing since we're in the search, search side of things. Cool. Uh, Bing also announced a ton of things for Bing shopping. So 
All right, I'll, I'll try to buzz through them pretty quickly. So if you're running Bing Shopping, uh, there's this feature called automatic item updates. So, you know, today you have a, a product feed, it generate, you know, you get ads, the ads read from the feed and put products in there. But sometimes if your feed and your website and your ads are a little bit out of sync, people click on the ad, they go to your website and you're out of stock for the thing you just paid money to advertise. And that's obviously bad for everyone, except maybe Bing, they still make money. But, you know, they know you're unhappy if that happens. So they have this new feature where you, they'll actually like check your website and read, I think it's called micro metadata or, you know, there's some metadata you can uh, have on your website, which talks, you know, generates the kind of website uh, inventory so people can see inventory on your website so they can go like check that and then you can control what you want to happen. So do you still want to advertise? If it looks like your website doesn't have any stock, do you want to hide the price? Do you want to do different things? So that's a pretty cool feature if you are doing kind of high volume retail on your website, just to make sure you're not advertising for the wrong offer. Number two, flyers. So if you're still doing flyers, you can now do a flyer extension on Bing, only in the United States, and you have to be a managed customer. Uh, the feature itself is like, you know, it looks like a little, you know, PDF of your flyer or a little image of something that looks traditionally like a flyer that you have to create and work with Bing to kind of set up. The thing that I think is probably interesting is, you know, being a Kenshu, I remember going out and trying to get people to buy Kenshu, and one of the things we'd often find is that retailers, there's two different teams, a team running online or like e-commerce or, you know, whatever they called their traditional search and social stuff. And then you had these local stores and the local stores often had budgets and they were doing things like circulars and they wanted to do online stuff and they wanted to distribute coupons, drive people in store. And it was always a mess because they would, you know, want to talk to Kenshu about running search campaigns to drive in store. And then the search team finds out and they're like, what are you doing? We do search and there's some infighting and, but the stores had big budgets and some brands the stores are actually like, you know, the headshots, headshots, hotshots <laughs> uh, <laughs> in the company. So some, you know, some retailers, like major retailers, like the people who run regional kind of stores were sometimes had a lot of the power in the budget decision. So, so this seems like a really nice, smart grab for Bing to say, Hey, if you have flyers and you're trying to advertise them, you know, get them flyers over to Bing and, and we'll get, all that stuff out there on your product ads. Um, and then the last two carousel ads, or I should say carousel images. So now you can put 10, 10 images on a product ad instead of one and carousel through them. And Bizarre Voice, which is like a ratings and review kind of tool, uh, is now integrated with Google Shopping. So instead of having people having to, I guess, give ratings on Bing Shopping, which who does that? Uh, it's now integrated with Bizarre Voice. So if you have ratings and reviews and you're managing that with Bizarre Voice, you can make sure they show up on your product. Last thing, and this is important if you're in shopping, Bing will start showing product descriptions. So in the past, they didn't show product descriptions. So if you had a bunch of junk product descriptions or a lot of people just repeat their product title, if you do that, they're now going to show. And in fact, if uh, you do have a duplicate title and description, it will be blocked and it won't show. So make sure you have cleaned up product descriptions in your product feeds to Bing prior to holiday shopping. Whew, end scene. It's a lot of shopping. You should do the next story. Ooh, man, that was a lot. Bing getting ready for the Q4 holiday season. Uh, wow. That one's, this is really getting close to crunch time too. I'm, I'm kind of surprised they didn't roll this out like a month ago. But uh, one quick thing before we move on. What's really funny with their flyer ad is if you go and look, so go, go check out this blog and the example is uh, Black Friday 2016 sale. I'm like, 2016? 
like, why didn't you just like update it to 2018? <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that's like perfectly indicative of the flyer people <laughs> at the company are like, you know, still living in whenever flyers were effective. But yeah, man. Uh, so that's, good. Pretty that's good. Bing. So maybe touching on Google ish. Yeah, uh, Google campaign manager is still Google, but this one was huge. So Ken, or now I have Kenshu on the brain at ad stage. We're all about, you know, closing the loop between your paid data and your conversion data. So Google campaign manager and LinkedIn are now integrated. So you can see impression level data. So if you use Google campaign manager, which used to be double click. So for most of you are probably thinking, what is Google campaign manager? It's a double click. Um, if you were doing your like attribution and tracking, now that's integrated with LinkedIn, so you can get all the impression data and the attribution data about you know, the ads you run on LinkedIn into Google Campaign Manager. And they, I guess they had been supporting some types of uh, like ad types, maybe it's video only or something like that. But now all the ad types, so you know, sponsor content, video, carousel, lead gen, even text ads are all integrated. So if you're running Google Campaign Manager, you can now see all that, all that good stuff. Yeah, this is a big one. I mean, you wonder this a lot as um, a LinkedIn advertiser. You know, a lot of these big B2B brands are spending a lot of money on LinkedIn. They've been having trouble really measuring uh, that performance outside of last click. But now being able to put in a double click, which we can, we can, we'll get into that segue too with LinkedIn, Microsoft owned, going in with Google. But uh, being able to see that performance across all of your other ad spend is huge and getting that attribution. And what's really crazy about this attribution is it's going to be measured cross-device, cross-platform. So that's going to be really, really helpful whenever you're uh, thinking through your sponsored content, your video, your carousel, your Legion ads, your text, and your spotlight dynamic ads. So a uh, pretty big announcement for them. And what do you think, I mean, about the fact that Google owns DoubleClick and you know, Microsoft owns LinkedIn are, are essentially you know, allowing or LinkedIn slash Microsoft is allowing Google to measure impressions on LinkedIn. Yeah. I mean, so good thing, right? You're going to get a little bit of third party kind of verification, but you're also giving your competitor a lot of information, but you know, I guess that's okay in this world. Maybe it's, it's <laughs> they're so big, it doesn't matter. But I did find that to be really interesting that uh, it felt like LinkedIn, Microsoft are kind of passing the buck instead of solving the problem themselves. We're like, and it's already solved. Let's just integrate. Call it a day. And I, you know, I thought the same thing. I was like, well, I mean, I'm sure there's some insane terms and conditions around data protection and privacy, but to let, you know, a major competitor kind of see the traffic you're driving to ads, you know, search queries. I mean, you can get a lot of information, I assume, from impression level data. Seems pretty crazy. But then I was looking, Google Campaign Manager, you know, double click, also integrates with like Facebook. So, Facebook is also allowing impression level data to be shared. And then since it's already live with Facebook, it's able to read some of the API docs. And it does seem like it's structured in a way that Facebook gives Google Campaign Manager very little data, but it still is giving impression level data. So we will see. Very interesting. Um, okay. What's next? Oh, we should talk about you, Mr. Yeah. Cora. Yeah, so let's see here. This week, we officially launched out of beta CPM bidding. So uh, pretty, pretty exciting for us. It's really going to help a lot of uh, advertisers that are really looking for that reach, that are really looking for that awareness and to really kind of uh, figure out how to get the most uh, possible reach 
on the core platform, but uh, don't fret you performance advertisers. Take advantage of this. So there's actually some pretty cool things you can do if you really are DR focused. It's think about conquesting a, a topic. So if there, there's a topic that you want to make sure that you're getting full exposure on, you know, you can pick that topic, pick CPM bidding, and then you'll get the most amount of impressions on that topic, which is a really good way for you to make sure that you're driving that, you know, top of mind awareness over maybe even like a very niche uh, topic. So think about it that way. And then for the bigger brands, come on down. <laughs> We'd love to see your ad spend uh, on those product launches. So yeah, think about that. Nice. And it's always, it's funny that we live in the, in a world where CPM comes last, <laughs> like where you had CPA and CPC bidding already. And now adding CPM when, you know, throughout history, you always started with CPM because it was easy. And then, you know, they usually drag their feet in delivering CPC and then CPA with conversion pixels. Cause everybody's a little nervous about what if I can only get paid when I get a click or conversion, uh, where you guys went there first, um, which is really impressive. Yeah, it's, it's, I would say this is really indicative of the entire company. So, uh, the, I mean, the, the ads team is like laser focused on ROI and that, that is included even internally. Like everything is measured to revenue. I mean, everything. And I think that's why they started with that with, with CPC and CPA bidding, starting um, an entire ads platform with a, a conversion pixel in place. It's because they really were laser focused. But now we've had advertisers come to us and say, hey, like, can we get more reach? Can we get more scale? Like, can we do, you know, do like some broad targeting with some CPM? And you were like, okay, I, I, I guess, sure. I mean, impressions are good. Okay, let's do it. So. <laughs> right, it's your DR background. You're like, what? That's all you want? Okay. We, yeah, we can make that happen. Come on down. Yeah, I mean, it's, it makes sense for all the reasons you mentioned around brands who, who want to build brand or maybe own a topic. Makes sense. And, you know, a lot of times if if there's not a lot of clicks or conversions in the topic and you know, you're trying to compete in an auction uh, versus just be like, Hey, I just want exposure, just CPM, these topics, uh, you know, make some money. Uh, yeah. Speaking of making some money and another kind of newer on the platform or newer on the platform scene company, uh, Amazon. So we talked about Amazon exploding and how their, you know, revenue is going to be billions of dollars from, from paid ads. A third door media did a really great, a study on Amazon advertising, talking about budget and, you know, what people are doing. I highly rec recommend you go check it out. Uh, from that, there's a few things I pulled out. Number one, you know, people largely, I forget the number, like 60, 80% of folks said they're going to increase their budget on Amazon, which I kind of feel like this always happens. Everybody always says, oh yeah, I'm going to increase my budget. Very few people, unless you're in like TV or like I was in yellow pages and we always <laughs> saw people say, I'm not increasing my yellow page budget, you know, 10 years ago. But I feel like that's always people plan on increasing. Where is that increase going to come from? Well, a lot of people said, oh, I'm going to go get more budget. And then if they didn't say that, they're going to take the budget from somewhere else. Most said, uh, not most, the highest category was search. So uh, that's the first time I've seen search as kind of the place that people are largely going to try to take budget out of to move over to Amazon. So if you're over at Google and Bing, you're thinking, wow, Amazon might actually start to, you know, bite into our uh, bottom line for, you know, Google shopping and big shopping, especially. Yeah. The triopoly, it's growing. It's, you know, we've I've had some pretty lively discussions this last week. We had a pretty good one on PPC chat on Tuesday. And then uh, earlier today I was doing this webinar with uh, Hannah Penn and Aimclear and Amazon came up again. And it's, it's one of these platforms where I really, 
I hundred percent agree. Like I'm sure there's a ton of money to be made there. I have no doubt. I am very Amazon loyal. Uh, specifically, I'm very prime loyal. <laughs> like, uh, they have trained me to get things in two days here in the Bay, two hours, right. With a lot of other stuff, but some things I would definitely caution, definitely take a look at is they're going to double dip. So if you're using Amazon, they're taking a commission off of your sale. And if you're having them fulfill it, I've seen them take up to 20% of that sale goes to Amazon. Now you add in that cost for per click, right? Not every click is going to lead to a sale. Your margins are dwindling unless you just have really high margins or you have a product that's really expensive. That's really tough. And then if you're using an agency to run all these for you, you have to pay the agency as well for all that media spend. And that's where it gets really tricky for me is I'm kind of watching this all play out is like, man, that's a, your margins slowly, slowly are moving away and you're not really building your brand. And I think that's kind of where I go back and forth. That said, can you make a lot of money? Sure. Go for it. And people have been saying on Amazon specifically, people are extremely price conscious conscious, and it's very hard to differentiate if you're one of many companies selling the same product. So you're already, you're probably discounting your price to compete with this broad set of folks. Now, in addition, you're sharing revenue quite a bit. So it is, you know, I definitely heard many folks in e-com say it's very hard to make a buck on your advertising on Amazon, but you got to go to where the shoppers are and they certainly are on Amazon. Two quick stats. Uh, you mentioned agencies in the survey, 28% of respondents said they outsource Amazon to an agency. And in fact, Elite SEM recently bought CPC Strategy, you know, another kind of agency specifically uh, focusing on their ability to run Amazon campaigns. So to your point, it is definitely a, uh, a subject or an area of expertise for folks. So if you're an agency out there or you're an independent contractor, getting to know Amazon probably be good for the old resume. And then lastly, in the tool scene. So when I was at Kenshu at this point, four years ago, we were getting into Amazon back then. We were talking to them about their API and, and thinking about adding them, uh, you know, to the Kenshu product. You know, I left, they made the very wise decision to go ahead with that and add Amazon. So they've been like running Amazon, I don't know, maybe two years at this point. So really smart move by Kenshu to get in there early and start building algos and tools. We're seeing tons of new platforms launch for Amazon. And I, I just saw one called, I don't know if it's Tika Metrics or Tika Metrics, but Boston-based, it's T-E-I-K-A Metrics. They just raised $10 million. And it's basically, you know, the same stuff we're used to seeing in search and social, kind of a bidding optimization platform to help you hit your efficient, you know, uh, that efficient place between generating uh, revenue, but make sure it's profitable and don't overspend and all the same crap we're used to in, in ad tech, but a huge scene popping up around Amazon. What is our last story? This isn't last. No, yeah, we got a couple more. We got Facebook. Oh, right. Well, the Facebook one's kind of boring. We can do that quickly. They put out their Facebook API 3.2. Uh, if, you're, if you're a platform like us, you care about their API versions. Uh, but it does have some new endpoints. So if your ads uh, fail to deliver, uh, you can now kind of find out what all the reasons for failure are. So that's a new thing that they didn't have in their API before. So if you're a big brand and you're seeing a lot of ad failures, get excited because the tools out there will probably start being able to surface that data. Yeah, I think the uh, the big excitement this week, they announced their three or Q3 revenue numbers and uh, whew, man, they're up, right? I mean, they're making a ton of money. Um, it looks like half the revenue is coming from the US, Canada, 
and we are now worth like $27, something like that, to every user in the US and Canada to Facebook, which is just insane to think about. But uh, their growth numbers are, are getting pretty flat. You know, they're, they're losing people, uh, specifically in Europe. And so I think a lot of these data privacy issues are really starting to wane on people. And I do think there is starting to get a little bit of, we've hit it, we've, we've hit max growth, right? And it's going to be a lot slower. And so what does that look like now? And one of the say, things they said was Facebook stories. Watch out, Paul. Stories are the future. Stories. Yeah, I mean, I'm on board with stories. My girlfriend is, is fully there. She's doing like <laughs> five or six stories a day. Uh, my good friend just, you know, went to Europe and he was like, stories, I feel, yeah, stories are hitting, hitting mainstream. Uh, and then you, like, like you mentioned, I think either before the show or just now, their stock went up. So yeah, I just you know, checked. A lot of people were kind of like, hey, you know, this might be a good time to sell Facebook, all the privacy issues, Zuckerberg's in Congress, you know, testifying. I think now's the time and then you know they publish their numbers and and their stock uh, shoots up now, do you know what it's at were you just checking it yeah uh so before earnings call it was around like 140 after it shoots up to 156 16 dollars that's huge nice. yeah and now today it's kind of evened back out to about a dollar 52 or sorry one fifty-two, not a dollar. If Facebook was a dollar fifty-two, would not be evening out. That would be a, a yeah, one fifty-two. So this is still, you know, they were they were at like two twenty a couple months ago. So um, now, if you think about that as like your benchmark, if you want to buy now and hopefully they get back up to two twenty, make seventy dollars, you know, a share. Sure, go for it. Yeah, definitely take our advice because we are experts. Yeah, I, I know nothing about stocks. Zero. Uh, <laughs> I do know I should have bought them when they IPO'd at like 14 or 22 or whatever ridiculous number it was. Yeah, that would have been nice. I wish. I, I was at Kentry at the time and everybody there was like, oh, Facebook's going to be huge. And a lot of people bought stock and I was like, I don't know. I'm more of a search guy. And now, you know, their stock's all, yeah, 180 bucks a share. Whoops. Uh, all right. Next story we have uh, pretty quick to Pinterest. Uh, they announced carousel ads, so they joined the club. I think Google, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, everybody's got carousel. Now Pinterest does as well. And interestingly, uh, in this article, they also mentioned that not only is Pinterest supposed to double its ad revenue to a billion dollars by uh, 2020, they're also rumoring that, or the rumor is they're exploring an IPO. I, you know, that, that rumor's been around. I, I am not surprised by that. Um, I am surprised that they're going to double revenue in two years, which is, that's, that's hard to do. 500 mil to a bill. So uh, that'd be fun to watch. And I, I mean, hats off. They've been doing such a great job. Um, I, I'm surprised. And this is one of those, I was like, wait, they didn't have carousel ads? That, that just seems like something they should have had, you know, a year or two ago. It's so part of their platform. It's so visual. It's cards. It just seems like, they already had it. And then I was like, wait, oh, I guess they didn't have that. Yeah, you're right. So I was really surprised. Yeah, it's, uh, let's see, carousels, which they can have five images in Pinterest, can appear within the main feed as a related pin recommendation or through search. So, uh, yep, check out carousel ads. Also, you set me up perfectly for a segue to stories, and I didn't even go there. Um, WhatsApp, uh, owned by Facebook, uh, is now introducing ads in their version of stories, which is called WhatsApp status. So if you use WhatsApp, get ready for some ads in your stories. Oh man, I bet the founders, <laughs> I don't know what to think of it. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, WhatsApp was supposed to be 
private, you know, supposed to be anonymous. You weren't supposed to see my data. And this is just the complete opposite of all of that. So it's, it's very interesting to see how this is all going to play out. I'm, I'm interested in the user base and, you know, they have so many users and how are they going to respond to start, you know, when they start seeing ads. Um, so I'm interested in this monetization strategy and what's going to happen with it. Yeah, it's, it's, I think the founders are all gone and right at yeah. this point. And I because Instagram, the founder of Instagram just left right. as well. So like the WhatsApp and Instagram founders, both of course acquired by Facebook, have now left, and they both kind of on their way out. Where like you know, Facebook is going to do whatever Facebook wants to do, and they're a little bit grumpy about it. The WhatsApp guy was really grumpy. He kind of started a you know delete Facebook type movement, and then recently the Instagram founder was a little more like you know they just don't need me anymore. Sucks really involved in Instagram these days. Kind of, you could read between the lines that, you know, probably a little too much CEO involvement for his his taste. Plus, both of them were there for a long time. They made their money and they're entrepreneurs, so they probably want to do something else anyway. Um, so yeah, it's coming, coming for ads. But uh, I, I think statuses will be. I th- I do think that that is a good play for them. So um, to be fair, I, I do think status is going to be good. It's still going to be encrypted. Um, and it looks like it's going to go away after 24 hours. Um, so kind of like Snapchat was, so we'll right. see. Right. And it is a good place to put an ad cause it's like outside of the core communication experience, but, mm. uh, so check that out. And then last story, uh, gamified ads. So there was an article kind of pretty fluffy piece about gamified ads and some of the companies building, you know, gamified banners. So just imagine instead of a banner ad, it's, a uh, you click on it and it turns into like a maze or a music trivia game, or I played a few of them. They're actually not that bad. The music trivia game is pretty, pretty cool. It like plays a quick clip of a song and you have to like pick one of two, like, is it this song or that song? And it times you how many you can get right in like 30 seconds. It had me, had me playing. Um, so these are, you know, smart next steps for, uh, making ads more engaging. I think two weeks ago we talked about how Google was putting like messenger, you know, bots into display ad uh, formats as well. So I don't know the next step in gamified ads. What do you, what do you think? You're going to play some ads in banner ads, play some games in banner ads. I mean me, no, but the average person who doesn't fully understand what they're doing, hundred percent. Yes. You know, these gamified ads are perfect. Uh, people love, you know, this type of engagement stuff. They love these hooks that they're going to be giving them with plus ups, with leaderboards. You're going to be able to unlock features the more you play. So, I mean, it perfectly feeds into that. Like when you think about hooked and getting, you know, that, that trigger and reward uh, stimulus, it's, it's going to hook people for sure. And I, you know, when I was playing the sample games on this company's website that, that builds them, I was thinking, you know, they're actually pretty good. You know, the music ones, if I'm a, if I'm Spotify or something like, oh yeah, this, it fits in perfectly, you know, it's about music and understanding music and liking music. And it reminded me of some songs I wanted to go listen to. So it perfect for Spotify. And then there was a maze one, but you know, for maze runner the movie that came out. So they really were very much on brand on, you know, thematically linked. So it also felt like, even though I knew I was playing with an ad, I was engaging it with it, with it specifically to kind of see how well it, you know, represented the brand. They were entertaining enough that I, you know, was like, oh crap, I'm running late for the, the PPC podcast because <laughs> I'm, I'm playing the Maze Runner game. Uh, so <laughs> they worked on me uh, and apparently the lift from these campaigns, as we say, these numbers are always rosy because everybody shares the best numbers ever. But the overall lift uh, of the campaign across all ad types is 44%. 
the mini game outperformed all other formats, especially the one I was most surprised at and jotted down, it outperformed video. So it got a lift of 53% versus 22% for people exposed to video ads. And you know how much we're all in love with video right now. So that's double, I'm almost triple the, the lift than a video ad. So hey, if you're a big brand, maybe it's time to get your, get your game, get your game yeah. on. I think the best was what they called it a welcomed distraction, which I think is exactly what it is. I mean, it's, it's better than seeing all the random ads that we normally see that we just ignore as far as displays, you know, or even in feed ads with, you know, when we're on social. So yeah, I, I do think it's, it's a good way to break through the noise. It also reminded me of Twitch. We talked about Twitch last week and how, you know, they have this whole advertising ecosystem, but it's a little bit more obvious. Like I'm engaging with this thing, which is clearly an ad, but I'm like actively engaged and I'm willing to do it because I'm having a little bit of fun or I'm enjoying the content or I'm interested in the content. And in Twitch, of course, they like, you earn something as a user to give back. In this case, you don't, but I feel like it's a step towards that direction of it's a little more, you know, engaging and you know you're engaging rather than like passively seeing banner ads and thinking like, I'm not affected by these, but realistically you are. <laughs> so it's a little more permission-based uh, in my opinion. But that, that is all the stories we have. We also did not go over all the, the numbers. We, we touched on the Facebook numbers. Everybody published our numbers. We just don't have time to go through them, but you could do some Google searches and go read uh, Twitter's financials and Google's financials and everybody's financials who got published. If you want more headlines, you could always head over to blog.adsafe.io to learn more. Or can you talk about the, the Quora thing that you told me about? Or is that super secret? Super secret for right now. Okay. Well, that's a good tease. So at some point, JD will announce something where we've been chatting about uh, the industry, the, you know, the ad tech industry. So at some point, he'll tell you more about it. Until then, go out, vote. It's Tuesday. Get out there. That's right. You have the weekend to think about your choices and then get out and vote. All right. Enjoy your week, everybody.